your sleep I don't know the rest of the words But this is a Radiohead song That's haunting I have a very interesting show for you guys, and I get it's extremely excited when I get to live stream about things that I am very excited about, and um, I get to spend some time researching and getting some pictures and stuff. We're going to talk today about magic, spells, words, abracadabra, open sesame, is there really magic spells? And I say, yes. Zombies. Are there really zombies? Yes. And the never-ending story. And I also, uh, I'm bringing in a little bit of Game of Thrones because it makes a lot of sense. I just did Jesse Lee Peterson's show, and he's now one of my favorite people on the planet, by the way. He's unbelievable. I committed on air to uh, his charity event on Father's Day. I know nothing about it at all, but he had the balls to ask me on air, and I trust his charities. I even told him. We had a laugh about it. I was like, man, I get suspicious of charities because I've done some, and I'm like, is this one of those Quentin Ponzi schemes? I'm like, but you push the the father figure, the, the family unit, and, uh, you know goodness and I like you so I'm in so I'm in, I'm totally in but that dude is awesome um and I got one of his amazings you know like after we we're done like when Skype ends and I'm clicking off I heard him look to his producer and go amazing that was amazing and I'm like I got a Jesse Lee Peterson amazing uh, Peterson sorry I messed up. JLP I mess up names all the time. I'm, I'm a little sleep deprived because I was up uh, researching this stuff. That's, that's part of the artistic process, and I'm not going to feel bad about that. I, when I obsess, I obsess. And magic is intense. All right, so let's talk about magic. Also, I am going to be on tour in September, hugepianist.com. I know I plug it every show, but I can't advertise venues until the week of because I don't want uh, zombies to start um, calling and complaining. I have in my contract that they can't really uh, bail on me anymore, but I, I'm just trying to be a nice guy to the venues because I, I just I know what it's like to work uh, at, a, at a place and just have someone call all the time. I used to work at a restaurant, and there was some really mentally ill people that would call a lot. Okay, so... I was listening to a Stefan Molyneux episode recently that was awesome. It was called uh, the something about truth, how truth doesn't matter. Because in postmodernism, truth doesn't matter. Like they believe everything is subjective except for the will that they want on us. Where it's like, you know, there's no such thing as 
up or down, gender subjective, but men are a thing, women are a thing, and they make 77 cents on the dollar even though it's unprovable. It's complete nonsense. But putting words into reality is what creates something. And and in the in the in the Bible, and you can be an atheist and stick with me on this thing, or not, and just really stick with me on this thing. But in Genesis, a major part of creation was naming things. You know, it, it's when you give something a name is is creation. And that's very true. Like Islamophobia created an idea that after a terrorist attack, you shouldn't criticize it or else you are a hateful person. Think about that. Islamophobia. Me and Jesse uh, were talking today about the invention of the concept of racism. He's a black man from Jim Crow South. And he talks about how that concept is pushed to divide. And it's pushed to submit black people. It's to keep black people down. It's to keep black people in their own prisons. And so what is a magic spell? A magic spell is nothing more than saying a sentence, a group of words, and having something change in the world. So we're going to take a, a quote from Karl, a quote from Karl Marx, quotes from Jesus Christ. Um, words that simply by uttering them create an idea which actually creates something in the world. Okay, what is a zombie? According to dictionary.com, uh, I, I bet you guys can tell I'm extremely pumped about today. All right, zombie is the body of a dead person given the resemblance of life, but mute and willless by a supernatural force, usually for some evil purpose. A person whose behavior or responses are wooden, listless, or seemingly rote. Automation. An eccentric or peculiar person. Okay, the body of a dead person. Now, the only word that takes it out of complete and literal reality is a dead person. But if you just metaphorically uh, think about the death of a soul, this is real life. We all know zombies. The body of a dead person given the semblance of life. So if you no longer have free will over your own actions, you're a dead person. But you're given the semblance of life. You eat, you piss, you shit, you sleep, you, you, you need. But mute and willless, no will on their own, by a supernatural force. And that can be a magic spell, right? Usually for some evil purpose. Wow. So what is magic? The art of producing a desired effect or result through the use of incantation or various other techniques that presumably assure human control of supernatural agencies or the forces of nature. What is the greatest supernatural force in nature? Life, the creation of life and death. Taking life and making life is by far the most magical thing there is in the universe. By far It makes a supernova look like a rerun of MASH. It's to see the heart first start beating inside your wife is is looking into the face of God, literally. Just, oh, where'd that come from? Right? And then to take someone, like right now, I'm animated. I'm full of love. You know my history. You know my future. You know my desires. You can hear me talking. You can relate to me. If someone just took a knife and cut my throat, 
I would just bleed out. And with every heartbeat, you would see my life go away and I would be a dead body and I would never come back. There would never be me ever again on this earth. You would see that. You could witness that so simply, just dead. I'm blo- I, that, that is crazy. Think about my 38 years of life from being a baby, a toddler, uh, a teenager, a young adult, an adult, a father, a husband, um, all the things that we've been through together. It, it's just gone if the blood just spills out of my body. That is insane. That is power. So if you look at some of these quotes, so here is a quote from Karl Marx. The proletarians have nothing to lose but their chains. He said that. He spoke those words. Here's another quote from Karl Marx. The meaning of peace is the absence of opposition to socialism. So peace through submission. It's very similar to Islam. Islam literally means to submit. Here's another quote from Karl Marx. From each according to his abilities to each according to his needs. These ideas didn't exist until this man spoke them. And so what happened after those ideas were spoken into the world? Like we're about to witness magic, the dark arts, and then the good. And I don't care if you're Christian or not. This is good. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and suffer the loss of his soul? When those words were spoken, the world changed. Here's another one. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Here's another Jesus quote. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Okay, compare that to Karl Marx. From each according to his abilities to each according to his needs. Think about that. There is no free will there. There is no free will. That's determinism. The meaning of peace is the absence of opposition to socialism. And then, of course, the proletarians have nothing to lose but their chains. Not their souls, their chains. He's lying. He's lying. All right, so let's start looking at some examples. And this is why I love story. I love story because people learn and people communicate and people feel and people just flourish or die through stories and through drama. There's been times, especially recently, where people are like, hey, man, you've been having a lot of drama lately. Like, maybe you want to pump the brakes on the drama. Drama is how we communicate. It is. It's straight up. It's like, who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? And you see, who? Uh, what's the first act? What's the second act? What's the third act? What does the hero learn? What does the hero face? What trials? What tribulations? What is gained? What is lost? What does the hero bring back to his community? And what has he lost? Like, these are the things. If you dig up ancient garbage sites from Rome, you know what's in there? Uh, soap opera gossip type stuff. Uh, myth story type stuff and pornography. Like just piles of it. Just garbage dumps of it. People, that's what people like. They look at naked people. They want to know what celebrities are up to and they want the stories, right? That's never going to change. Like as much as some of my dramas can annoy people or at least they claim to annoy people, they don't annoy people. They love them. Because it, it, it puts an idea, it puts... 
It puts an abstraction into something we can all grasp. You get a character. You get spoken words. You get a storyline. And, and it's obvious that our culture is becoming postmodern and it's becoming leftist. You can see it in Star Wars. You can see it in the NeverEnding Stories second and third. Like, I love the NeverEnding Story. We're going to get into that. But you can see that there becomes no good guy, no bad guy. It's just a mess. It's about power acquisition. And that's why those stories we don't respond to in the West. Part of the reason Hollywood is doing this is to appeal to China because Chinese culture is from a position of power and communist. Like America culture, Europe's former culture was about uh, the hero, the individual. You know, God breathes life into uh, man. It's not about the state. Right. And I'm not going to get political on this. There's nothing about this that even has to be political. But I. I saw the Dalai Lama speak in Prague. And uh, in, in in November, and then in the same year, in that December, I watched the Pope speak in Rome, and I took away a lot from those two experiences. The Dalai Lama speaking in Prague, I remember he said that uh, that religion is like an antidote to a disease, and whatever medicine works for you works for you. And I remember at the time I kind of liked it, but I was nineteen, and then as I grew, I realized that that isn't how I believe and how I live and how I view the world. I watched the Dalai Lama say this in person, by the way. So if, if Buddhists out there are like, well, you misinterpreted it. I watched him say it. It got a chuckle. I was like, oh, that's a good way to look at it. You know, it's like whatever works. And then I was like, no, whatever works. That, that's a doorway into nihilism, right? Where it's like whatever makes you feel good. You don't know what works. There is true and then there's not true. And I watched the Pope speak in Rome and it was in Latin. And then I realized the Catholics almost kind of want you to not understand what they're saying. <laughs> so that, those are my takeaways from that. And let's start talking. All right. So this is Kutnahora. I went here. This is in the Czech Republic. That is a giant. Um, let me just double check that my audio is working. I'm just checking in. All right. Is everybody good? Everyone good? Owen? Uh, speaking in riddles, do as thou bones. All right, so audio is all good and everything, right? Just checking in because I'm not focused at all on the chat at all. All right, cool. I'm going to stay in the zone then. Okay, this is Kutnahora. Uh, this is Kutnahora as well. Okay, you see, by the way, there's going to be some pretty intense images in this. I don't feel so bad about these because this is from the 14th century, I think. And I walked into this church and... For those of you just on audio, uh, for, if you want to subscribe to just the audio, by the way, it's why didn't they laugh? You know, uh, why didn't they laugh on iTunes, Stitcher, all that stuff? But anyway, so I walk into this church and I see skulls everywhere. I see bones everywhere. Somebody took the time to turn a bunch of dead body skeletons into a giant uh, chandelier. And they stacked them up in pyramids and they made them into decorations and all that. And I thought to myself... What a horror show. Man, Christianity can be so gross and weird and morbid. That's what I thought when I was that age, when I was 19. And I was like, this is some weird, weird stuff, man. I'm, I'm glad that, that, you know, that the world isn't run by Christians anymore. Look at this. I'm glad that we have some sanity. All right. I'm going to compare this to some other horrors. All right. And then I'm going to give you the backstory of why they did this. They didn't murder these people. All these people that are, are skeletons died in the Black Plague. 
and a blind monk and some other monks um, took the bones and they made these giant things out of them, like a, a chandelier and, a, a, you know, decorations and stuff. And if you really think about it, that is kind of like making, turning lemons into lemonade. You know what I'm saying? These people weren't murdered by Christianity. These people weren't executed or put into a mass grave. In fact, it's a way to honor the dead where these people could have just died anonymously and been put into just a pit. But they were like, no, we're going to make, we're going to turn this death into something beautiful and something ornate. And they did. And it still lasts, you know, 700 years later, you have a, just a dipshit American walking through, taking pictures and getting postcards and being like, Oh, gross. This is so not soy. And I didn't quite understand how much better this is than the, than the alternative. So this is when Jesus uttered those words, this is the product that, that the great, the, the, the black plague, which in some parts of Europe killed 80% of the population, you know, just everyone was dying and they didn't know why. Because they didn't have germ theory yet. And they didn't have germ theory till long after the, the Native Americans died of smallpox. No one knew what germs were. So your, your teachers were lying, by the way, about that. No one gave them blankets. So they experienced something that we can't really fathom as modern world people. I know I have a lot of listeners in other countries, so I'm not even going to say American. I'm not going to assume you're the best. I mean, in some secondary country out there like dude one of my favorite uh bears is uh, a reindeer herdsman in norway i'm pretty sure he knows santa claus but we can't fathom the black death and so what did they do they they made chandeliers out of the bones all right so this is the result of communism in the soviet union this is a mass grave and you don't really understand it until you see it And this is one of just many, 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 many. And they're just these bodies thrown into a pit and preserved by the Siberian permafrost and just people standing around looking at them, right? Okay, that was the result of whispering those words, those magic words, right? Look at this. Look at that. That's a real picture. Those are are dead bodies outside of Stalingrad. They're now, it's now considered a bone field. They didn't turn them into chandeliers because they didn't value life to each according to his ability, uh, to, to the people according to their need. They're, they're saying that you are a cog in a machine, that all you are is what you can produce and it should only be what others need. You are not a human being. You are a pile of carbon. And they treat the dead the way that they, treat the dead when, they, the, they treated the dead when they were alive, that they weren't real they weren't they, they Karl Marx with that magic spell suck the life out of people and turn them into literal zombies for an ideology look at that look at these people just kicking dead bodies into a grave because they were under a spell a spell had been said and these people became zombies remember the definition of zombies could you could anyone with a soul could anyone with will free will Could anyone in control over their own actions just kick civilian bodies into a pit and cover it with dirt? No, of course not. We're watching this happen now. We're watching people unable to speak the truth in the face of evil because they have submitted. They are zombies. Zombies are real. 
Magic spells are real. Okay, look at this. You see that? That's from Game of Thrones. It's the Army of the Dead, right? That isn't, that isn't, look at this. The picture on the left, the Army of the Dead, the picture below it is Soviet POWs. What's the difference? What is the difference? They're zombies. These people have been caught into a, 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 a spell because someone uttered the words of the dark arts, right? And socialism is a dark art. It is. It's a dark art. And the army of the dead is nothing more and nothing less than, like, the, the picture on the right is a fictitious depiction of the army of the dead. The picture on the bottom left is the army of the dead taken in a black and white photo. You can't tell the difference. There's a reason that these stories exist. There's a reason that we express ourselves through drama because it happens over and over again. Like, let me show you some other ones. Well, let's just get to the never-ending story. But when you see mass graves and when you see bone fields, I think I may have a picture of a bone field. Let me take a look. The bone fields. Look at this. These are people in a, in a box car. And I made sure I used all uh, Soviet pictures. None of these are Jews. Because we see all these images of uh, the Holocaust because it's a, it's a total diversion to keep your eyes off the prize, which is socialism always ends in starvation and genocide. Speak the truth. So look at this. These are human beings put into a train car on the way to slaughter. That is zombie behavior. Uh, any human being with a mother and a father, with free will, with children, with a desire to be good, with a desire to work hard, you will sin in your life. You will miss the mark. You will make massive mistakes. But you'll never do that. That is magic. That's the dark arts. And that's the thing about, about this stuff, man. It's like you say this stuff and people are like, oh, Owen believes in magic. Owen believes in zombies. He's really lost his mind. Of course I believe in zombies. Of course I believe in that. Right now... The reason Winter is Coming hit home so hard with uh, Game of Thrones. And I, I believe one of the reasons that the author isn't writing more books and Hollywood took over and now they have producers and all this stuff. It was becoming glaringly obvious how critical of leftism that show was. The, the army of the dead, like Winter is Coming. Winter is Coming. What Winter is Coming means is that uh, the spring, the summer prosperity will end. And when that comes, the army of the dead will come. The zombies will come. And it will last for years and years and years. What that means, winter is coming is the feeling that we all feel because we're in $21 trillion of debt. We borrow and we borrow and we print and we print. And we live a life that we can't afford and we all know it. If you include, if you include the debt from our promises that our, our, our politicians have made that are uh, unfunded liabilities is what they call, are called, you know, Medicare, Medicaid, social, uh, social security, all that stuff. If you bring all of that in, that's $150 trillion of what we've already promised to spend. Every baby is now born with seven digit debt. Debt. So what happens if the government fails? What happens if all these people that rely on the government for food because um, it's just printed money, it's printed value, what happens if that fails? They, they, they become zombies. They will just start looking for food. They, their life is borrowed. 
Like we, we have that ability, but this borrowing, this socialism, the free market created the wealth. The free market pulled just us, uh, uh, monkeys, not literal monkeys. I know that word now doesn't, uh, whatever, but just pulled us out of filth. 75% of children under 10 died in like 1820, 1830 in the West. The average uh, American lived on $1 a day in today's money in the year 1900. Think about how rich we are now. Think about how fast that happened. That was free market. Not to each according to their uh, skill or whatever, to each according to their need. No, that's not. That creates, that creates armies of dead. Death. That's a death cult. What set us free... What set us free was a very different spell, a very different group of words, and it was good, it was true. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and suffer the loss of his soul? What does that mean? It, it says, speak truth. That's it. It set free the individual. And then, you, and then that set forth a series of dominoes that hit Magna Carta, that... that uh, opened up the enlightenment that opened up the renaissance that doesn't happen without this sometimes we take for granted the infrastructure that allows us to have our nonsense problems the infrastructure like that is a miracle people talk about miracles and they're like there's no such thing as a miracle because in their mind it's like a man doesn't walk on water because uh he would sink duh do people really think that everyone was always stupid until now like that even people, you know, they're like back in the fifties, everyone was so ignorant. Oh my God. Everybody would just go to church and just be so ignorant. It's like, what makes people think that they're better now simply because they have more gadgets? I, I, I don't personally understand it. It's like what we're standing on is this, th- these events in human history. When, the, when, when the Jews created the concept of laws, that's a miracle. Like that we can all get together and, and, and agree, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's wife. Like that's a miracle. That pulled us out of filth. That pulled us out of, uh, out of, out of witnessing the deaths of our children 75% of the time. That every time your wife gets pregnant, it's a, it's a dice roll. 25% of the time, she's dead. The love of my life, Amy, the love of my life. Every time she'd be pregnant, 25% odds, she's dead. How do we get out of that? We got science through Christianity. We got Christianity through Judaism. We got Judaism because of, I don't know how we got Judaism, but it was a bunch of really intense OCD people in some desert being like, we got to stick to the rules. <laughs> the reason I used to have a, um, some more conflicting feelings about the Jews with the whole uh, chosen people, because I don't like exclusive clubs. I find it very annoying when people are like, we're the chosen people and it's partially genetic. I'm like, then you guys are dickheads. But then I realized what chosen people means because I actually do a lot of research. Wait till we talk about abracadabra. Chosen people means God chose them to survive, which kept happening over and over again because they uh, had the Ten Commandments. Every, every time Sodom and, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah would, would be torched, and by the way, there was 
tons before we even have written records of this stuff. People would would get all excited and be like, we're people. And then they'd be like, time to butt fuck everybody and eat all this shit. And just dead, 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 dead. So they just kept dying. So one group of people kept living. And it wasn't because they're, they're super special and everyone else sucks. It's because they're fucking crazy enough to commit to these laws, even in times of prosperity. That was what made them chosen. What made the Jews chosen is that they said, even in times of prosperity, even when our wife says we can bang our neighbor's wife because she's a little freaky. We still don't because that's the law. That's what God told us. And that's why we're going to survive. And it sucked. They're like, we really like shellfish. Come on, it's shellfish. It's like, no, we've committed to this. And every other person that would submit to their, their animal desires died. And if it wasn't like that week, it was within a few generations, just dead, dead, dead. And we're talking about the knowledge produced by thousands of years of this. And to just shrug that off and be like, well, now we have Snapchat chat. So now it doesn't matter because I can see tits on my phone. It's like the arrogance is, is going to produce a world that is truly horrific. Zombies, bro. Zombies. When the free cash stops getting printed and that's inevitable, it has to happen. It's not when or it's not if it's when. All the people that rely on that machine will start feeling hungry. What happens when you're in a city and there's only two roads out and there's no natural water? <clears throat> Los Angeles. <clears throat> and there's also no communities. There's also no shared values. There's also no actual things with value like guns and love thy neighbor. You don't know your neighbor. Your neighbor doesn't know you. And guess what? When you get tribal, you'll kill that person for a sip of water. A sip of water. You would, those people will kill each other for a sip of water. And that, it's not if, it's when. That's a mathematical certainty that that will happen. It may not be for 200 years. It could be next week. And I am dead serious. If the grid shuts down, if the ATM start, stop shoving money into these cokehead freaks' face where they go to Whole Foods and they're like, what kind of almonds are these? Do they use organic water? Those people will be trying to drink their own piss within 48 hours. And that's what a zombie looks like. Just looking to eat the brains, you know? And why do they go after the brains? Because the brain keeps you alive. The non-zombies, those zombies are going after the, the, the brains, the intelligent, the people that still have their brain, they try to eat. Why do we keep saying the same stories over and over again? It's because it's true. That's true. That's why I loved being, one of the main reasons I have these things so ingrained in me is not because of the Bible. It's because of C.S. Lewis. It's because of, J, uh, it's because of Tolkien. It's because of children's stories written by Christians, designed to give you the, the story that will allow you to, to be free and to survive and to be good and to give you the skills to fight through good and evil. That's why those stories are so good. And that's why I'm so open and honest and obvious about my faults. And that's why I don't delete videos where I'm doing embarrassing things and I realize later I'm wrong because I'm not going to rewrite my past. I made that mistake. I got to let it sit and hurt. You know, all the like 
thousands of comments of people telling me things that aren't true. They're, they're, they're saying spells. And that, that, that may sound crazy to you, but it isn't. Do you know, like, when a thousand people tell you you should kill yourself, that has a demonic effect on you. It's literally like, like the gates of hell. There are these people being like, you're a coward. You're a coward. Never apologize. Never apologize. You're a coward. You should kill yourself. You should kill. And they're and they're that you could feel the the hellfire licking at your ankles, right? And and that is what's going to bring us to the never-ending story. Because I've I, I'm going to still read your comments. I'm still going to respond to you. I'm not going to be a post and and roll guy. It's just not in my nature. I think one of the most valuable things about the live stream. I was trying to think of a name for the live stream. I might call this the good fight. Because people constantly keep telling me, keep fighting the good fight. You're fighting the good fight, Big Bear. Keep fighting that good fight. This is the good fight. Because the one thing that, that personifies this entire live stream, this podcast, all of it, is the fight. Somebody wrote me a pretty nasty uh, DM on Instagram, and then I, I blocked them, and then they um, started emailing me. And I, I, One thing that the person said, though, that I took away from it was, uh, why, is every, why is everything a fight to you? And I was just in my mind, I'm like, why is everything not a fight to you? Like life is a fight. Life is a struggle. It's a constant struggle. And it, as soon as you, you realize you're no longer fighting against something or fighting for something or struggling against something or struggling to learn or survive or grow or teach or protect, you're gone. You're a zombie. You're an army of the dead. And you will be in a mass grave, whether it's literal, whether it's metaphorical or rather it's spiritual it doesn't matter you're in a mass grave at that point and that's how time the fourth dimension is time right and i used to love uh madeline langle's a wrinkle in time and hollywood of course took away the whole point of it in their movie i can't even watch it but a wrinkle in time you know the linear time and the tesseract and all this stuff that's why my brother named his first daughter tessa was after the tesseract and, and it's like the linear time where you, where you connect the two points with time travel. Now, I don't know if time travel is possible. I have no idea. I know that if you go the speed of light for X amount of time, you're like the faster you go, the more time slows down for you and all that stuff. Everything's relative. I get all that. But time is just another, uh, just another dimension. You know, two dimensional is looking at a sheet of paper. Three dimensional is looking at a cube and the, and four dimensional is looking at a cube over time. And so time travel, the ability to time travel in your mind comes from intelligence and from uh, honesty, where you just think like, if I'm really honest with myself, know thyself, right? Socrates said a, a, a spell that was good. Know thyself. Um, you, uh, you start looking at things and you see a pattern and you say, if time continues, what will come in the future? And that's called time travel. It's called predictions, but it's also time travel. And when you die, when you die emotionally, spiritually, when you take that knee, when you give up your will to somebody else, when you know something's wrong and you don't say it out loud and you say the opposite, when you say there's four lights, when there's only three, when you say Caitlyn Jenner's the woman of the year, it doesn't matter how much time passes because the inevitable will come. The fourth dimension will happen. Like a triangle that's this big versus a triangle that's this big is still a triangle. That triangle exists now. So let's talk about the, uh, the never-ending story. Let me just check in, make sure I haven't been kicked off. Because uh, that's happened before. Over 2,000 people. Sweet. Uh, hi, you guys having fun? You guys good? Checking in on you. 
Oh, abracadabra. Uh, you're good? You guys having fun? Fun, fun. If Owen doesn't do a legit lesbian Wolverine video, there's no God. Are you talking about my hair? Yeah, I do look like lesbian Wolverine. That's true. Fun? Fun. All right, now let's get even more fun. <laughs> I get it. I look like a lesbian Wolverine. That'd be funny character, lesbian Wolverine. And I just keep, I keep messing up my Subaru. You know, I'm a lesbian, but I'm Wolverine. Just real quick. Let's just talk about lesbian Wolverine real quick. So I'm in a, I'm a lesbian Wolverine. I'm in my Subaru and I'm like, Sarah McLaughlin tickets sold out. And then like my, 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 my knives pop out and I'm like, no, not another Subaru. That's pretty funny. I should do that skit. Because I like making fun of myself. I just, uh, there's so much more I want to make fun of that I usually forget to make fun of myself. Like in all honesty, I just forget. And I'm not going to, I, I pulled the, I pulled back on the um, Sam Harris family because I've made the decision that I'm not putting my son in sketches and I need a, like the family environment. And I'm like, oh, we'll just all sit at the table and I'll be like, there's a Sam Harris family. You are not grateful to God. God does not exist. We're nothing but impulses, you know? Um, I'm not going to not post pictures of my family just because people know who I am and, and you know, that could put someone in risk or whatnot. I won't do that. I know it helps people to, to see a family grow and happiness of families. And I'm not going to be a prisoner in my own life, but I'm also not going to expose him to my comedy, like being in my comedy. He doesn't have the ability of saying yes or no to that. So, uh, yeah, my kids will never be in my sketches. My wife will, if she likes the roof over her head. <laughs> but um, yeah, my kids are not going to be in, in uh, because that really could be feel exposing. Pictures, yeah, that's the world we live in now. Instagram and stuff. Here's us at the State Fair. This is what a family looks like. I'm proud of my family. Great times, memories, awesome. But art, like saying like, uh, say this, act like this. Regardless of how hysterically funny it would be, he doesn't know what it is, so he doesn't have the ability of agreeing to that or not. So um, he's never. So that's why I pulled back on that. All right, let's talk more about the Neverending Story. My mom teaches children's literature, and that's one of the reasons why I love children's stories, good children's stories, and I hate commie propaganda children's stories. That's why uh, this Christmas again, I will be selling another copy of. Maybe I should. Well, I'll bring those on tour with me. I still have like fifty more of those I can sell. But um, instead of the giving tree, it's the trading tree where you realize that in a market economy, you don't have to cut down the tree and you can get yourself a whole orchard if you just know how to sell the apples and then, you know, make more trees, get more product. The tree has friends. You can lower the price of the apples. You don't have to cut down the tree because it's not a... <laughs> you guys get it. It's it's really funny. I'm starting to do... a. Uh, versions of children's stories that aren't that aren't um, commie propaganda. Yeah, isn't that isn't that book a great idea? Oh, abracadabra. Let's talk about the the meanings of some of this stuff. Oh, by the way, there's zombie there's zombie ants, and and you see the relationship in nature a lot between parasite and host. And you have to remember, we still are animals, and we're also humans, which is the image of God. We're both. That's why the the line between good and evil splits a man's heart. Or in a woman's heart. I just don't like to heart-splain. Like, think about these spells. Like, mansplain is nonsense. 
And you can't explain that to someone without that word. That word is a magic spell that transferred millions of dollars to like nonsense feminist foundations. Mansplain. Imagine trying to explain to somebody that concept. It's when a man explains something to a woman. Someone be like, yeah, that's called explain. They go, no. So how do we make it evil sounding? Mansplaining. That's how that works, guys. That's all it is. Patriarchy. The, the patriarchal. The, the bigot, sexist, homophobe. Like, it's all magic spells. And if you don't think it works, look at our entire economy. Look at how much money is transferred from one group to another because of words. You take, you take, that, that, that. why do you think I'm so against PC stuff? Why do you think I make fun of Ben Shapiro for being like the K word, the N word, the B word, the F word, the D? Kike, nigger, fuck, pussy, cunt. These are words. As soon as you let someone else's magic spell take away your ability to speak words, you can no longer accurately speak. I talked about, Je- about that with Jesse Lee um, this morning as well, about how on Twitter, People would say, well, you said this pejorative. I was very clean because I know his, his audience is very Christian conservative, but that's my choice to be clean. You understand the difference? Anyway, so I was like, I would say a, a racial pejorative and people would call me racist. And I'd be like, show me one example that is not Justin Trudeau that I did that. I've never called a black dude that word. And he's dying laughing because he knows exactly what I'm talking about. He's a black dude who came out of the Jim Crow South. And I'm like, no, I am showing you that your spell does not work on me because I have a different set of words that is the truth. Why do you think socialists hate Christians? Because the spells don't work. It's like mansplain, patriarchy, the gaytriarchy. I could, I, could, I could invent a word. Here's a word, the gaytriarchy. That's, that's uh, the oppressive system in Hollywood by gays, the gaytriarchy. I just invented a concept with v- mouth noises. It, it's, 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 it truly is magic. Truly. Read Genesis again, dude. Genesis is very powerful because once you name something, it becomes real. That's why there's so many words that you cannot say. And there's, there's absolutely political and, uh, there's, there's, There's reasons why no one lets you say certain words, and it all has to do with the acquisition and distribution of power. All of it, every single time. It's never because anyone is trying to save anyone's feelings. Saving feelings? You ever see anyone try and save my feelings? No. It's it's all about their own power. Isn't that fascinating? Epidemiology, the study of uh, words. And one of the first things that the evil forces want to do, and there is good and evil in the world, is take control of words. Because that's how you control people. You create the army of the dead, literally. And look in nature for parasite and host relationships. Once you uh, take the world for your soul, once you do the devil's deal, you are now in the natural environment, your true animal, right? It's not because, it's not this anti-environmentalism to say that we are special. We are the image of God. We are not animals. That is not to subjugate animals, that's insane. That, that's why environmentalists a lot of times are called watermelons. Green on the outside, red on the inside. They're trying to equate human beings as equal or below animals. That's why PETA uh, made it so that you can't have animals in a cage on a Cracker Jack box, but they're very pro third trimester abortion. Like, 
They're more into killing an unborn human baby than they are an unborn chicken. I'm dead serious. It's to subjugate human beings. It's to put our lives at or below animals' lives. Why? Because then we're easy to control. That's Gamork from The NeverEnding Story, and I'm about to get to that. But when you look in, in, in the natural world, you can see a lot about human nature, but it's the animal part. It's not the godly part. It's not that which makes us human. That, that's what pulled us out of the muck. It's that which we still are, though. That's why we're 50-50. That's why we have this conflict in us. That's why we're fallen. That's why we're broken. Because we, we're smart enough to know what's right and wrong, but we're still savage enough to not really be able to ever get there totally. We're, we're sinners. We're all sinners. We're always going to be sinners. But the word sin simply means to miss the mark. So just keep shooting. Try to hit that bullseye. There's no dart player in the history of the world that can hit a bullseye every time. Just keep trying, right? Keep, keep making chandeliers out of the skulls of your villagers when they all drop dead from the plague. Don't, don't put them in a, in, a, in a ditch because they didn't, make, they didn't cut down enough trees in Siberia, you sickos. So the parasite and the host, and you see it in nature all the time, but the parasite for humans are ideas and, the, and, and words, and the only antidote is morality. Isn't that interesting? So who do parasites hate? Hosts that are immune to them. Things are, I, hopefully this is very illuminating and you can help navigate your life with uh, some of these ideas. All right, the language is blah, blah, blah. What does it say? All right. I can't find the exact definition of abracadabra. I know I wrote it down. I mean, I kind of remember it, but there was like some real fancy schmancy Hebrew word. Abba, Abba, Kadabra. I want to reach out and grab you. Mm-hmm. All right. I can't find it. It's somewhere. I'm going to take another quick look. Skulls and bones, skulls and bones. Skulls and bones, skulls, pits, communists killing people, communists, skulls and bones, skulls and bones, Jesus, 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 marks, marks, marks. I'm going to look, I can just look it up. I, I, all right, Abra, Kadabra. And there's a pyramid. Abra Kadabra is an incantation used as a magic word in stage magic tricks and historically it was believed to have healing powers when inscribed on an amulet. All right. That's, that's not what I... All right. Uh, history. I don't know. I might just bail on this. It's kind of derailing me. Uh, I don't really trust... Uh, Trust Wikipedia all the time either. Al- Wait a minute. Al- but Alistair Crowley, Alistair Crowley, hmm, how did he get involved in this? Regarded it as a pos- as possessing great power. He says true form is Abrahadabra? What? I don't know. I well, I didn't research this, so I have to I have to understand this. I what what does that mean? I thought it was uh I thought it was, honestly, I thought it was like father's, I don't know. I thought, what is this? Does anyone know? 
Abracadabra is Hebrew spell check. Oh my God. How did Crowley come into this? See, that's the thing. I didn't think it had anything to do with Crowley. I think Sesame was Hebrew for like man or some shit. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm off the page a little bit. You're thinking Abraxas. I just found it interesting that you say abracadabra, abracadab, abrac, and you just kept dropping one letter until it was down to A. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I got to look into that shit. All right, let's start talking never-ending story. So, where are we? This is not a picture of Joe Rogan. That is Morla the Ancient One from uh, the never-ending story, A Giant Turtle. Morla the Ancient One. I know I just put up a picture and you said, hey, wait a minute, is that Joe Rogan? It is not. It is a character from the never-ending story that represents nihilism. We don't care whether or not we care. Don't bother. Forget about it. So the story of the never-ending story... Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can make this bigger. I don't need to. I think I've been pretty on track so far. I have a picture of the book. I can just grab it right now. A picture of the book of the never-ending story. Okay, here's the never-ending story. So it starts as a book. It's important. Words. So it's a little kid named Bastion, and he, his mother has died, and his father is being very distant, and he can't heal. He can't heal the wound of his dead mother. And he's a reader. He's a prolific reader, and he gets uh, bullied by kids at school. And so he goes into a, a bookstore, sees this book, and this, this old man is like, this is a special book, right? It's got all that magical shit. And on the surface, I can understand how some people would see this and say, oh, is that like weird paganism shit? It's not. Same hero journey. It's, it's very, very uh, cool, and it's very uh, informative as to how to beat, um, beat monsters, beat nihilism, beat socialism, beat collectivism, beat uh, depression, anxiety. You know, it, it gives the child the tools to survive. And it's one of the reasons why I, used to, I watched this movie until the tape ran out when I was a kid because I connected so powerfully with it. So the kid gets the book. And he goes into this um, attic alone, and he starts reading. And as he's reading, the story starts happening. And, and he goes into uh, Fantasia. And you meet Atreyu, which is the hero. And you meet um, Artex, his horse, and the luck dragon. And you meet Gamorg, the, the nothing, and the rock biter, and the trials and all that. So let's go through what the, it all means and how it helps people survive this world because I, I it dawned on me that that the fact jordan peterson simply said clean your room was a revolutionary act that's crazy guys like the the male role model which is why me and jesse get along now we're literally he's he's my new black best friend so eric nimmer's now second string he's got to step up is because the need for the man in the family the masculine the the male role is so lacking that just a random Canadian simply saying, I won't say nonsense and clean your room was seen as an earth shattering event. Think about that in terms of speaking truth in words. The real N word is not nigger, ladies and gentlemen. It is no. If you say no, that's an act of will. That means you still have your soul. That's the N word. Nigger doesn't mean anything. It's a spell. 
It's a spell by status to create a past that black people literally cannot get out of. Black people, 96% voted Democrat for Obama. What's that called? Zombies. Zombies. So with that powerful word of nigger, the left can create a story where just simply speaking a word can take away a black man's powers. And they're right back to slavery. It's all bullshit. It's the way to take the will from black people. If, if black people simply voted for what is in their best interest, you would see the top 20% of earners. The fact they didn't vote Republican means they're voting against their own interest. By the way, Donald Trump literally is doing more for black people than Obama did. Obama simply had black skin. Obama literally created this new world where people are now voting for their skin color. You know how many people, white people voted for Obama that, that now would be scared to because they're like, oh, wait a minute, black people won't vote for white people even if they're super helpful? Like, that's terrifying. It's a spell. And part of the story, part of this, this demonic dark art story is that black people in America are Jesus Christ, that they were sacrificed for white uh, wealth, which is not true at all. In the year 1900, the average American lived on $1 a day. I can check my timeline and realize that that was way, way, way after slavery was abolished in America because we fought a war to end it because we're good. Slavery did not make people rich. In fact, it kept us in an agrarian, mercantilist, shitty situation. What made us rich was the free market. To each according to their ability, for each according to their need? No. It's you are free. You are free to choose who to start your family with or don't start a family or what you want to do with your life as long as you agree to these simple rules. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not cover thy neighbors. That's it. And these dark arts, man. It's real, man. And if, and if you say that magic isn't real, I will show you how simply uttering words have made black people literally think that they are in a prison in their minds. They're in a prison in their own minds. We all are on some level. I'm always trying to figure out what my prison is. And that's why I apologized recently, by the way. It wasn't because it was an act of weakness. It was an act of strength. I had to speak those words or else I wasn't being true. And then I would lose my ability to trust my instincts. If you talk three hours a day by yourself, we're going to be doing a lot more interviews and all that, but I have to trust myself. I have to have my own six. I know the Bears have my six, but if I don't have my own six, I'm lost. And when I know that, that words come to me that I know are true, I have to speak them. All right, let's talk about the never-ending story. So the kid starts reading the book, and he's now in this world of the rock biter and and the nothing is coming. The nothing. Isn't that beautiful? It's a beautiful way to put it. The nothing. The contradiction is in it, just like socialism. The, which means existence, nothing. It's a, it's a paradox. It's, a, it's an irony. It's a, uh, 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 a literary irony. It's like jumbo shrimp. Big, small. You know? I was about to do, a, I was trying to do a racial joke, but I couldn't think of one. Um, black rich. I'm just kidding. There's plenty of very wealthy black people. But um, so the nothing is coming and the nothing is taking away all these uh, fanciful characters and uh, just destroying it. And all these people are like, 
It's, it's very similar to what we're experiencing right now in America. It's like, have, have you been to Berkeley recently? It's gone. All the, all the creation is gone. And all that simply means is that the ability to be imaginative, the ability to think on your own is just becoming the nothing. And then people are like, the nothing, like the way that we talk about the soy, that's the nothing. That's my ability to communicate to you guys in a funny way what the nothing is, the soy. Soy is a powerful metaphor for what is happening to us right now. Soy is a bean and you grind it up into powder and you make food out of it that doesn't taste as good and makes you bloated and kind of fat. That's the nothing. And they sell it with environmentalism. Don't you want to be, have tofurkey, not turkey. Turkey is cruel. Magic, magic, magic. You don't think when you're harvesting the soybeans that are just lopping off the heads of rabbits. Rabbits are like soybeans. And they go in there and then you have these big uh, combines just like... It's the guillotine for rabbits. So there's no escaping cruelty in this world because it's not cruel to eat. Eat like life feeds on life, feeds on life, feeds on life, feeds on life. And and to not accept reality is to give in to the nothing. So the soy is a great metaphor for the nothing because the soy is coming. Be like, "Is is that a latte with milk? It's soy. That means we have submitted to nonsense. We are no longer drink, drinking that which tastes good, which we've always drank. We're drinking something that tastes worse, makes us feel worse, is more expensive and ridiculous. That's what the metaphor of soy is, the soy boy. So, he's a soy boy. He's a soy boy. He's so annoyed. He's a soy boy. He feels no joy. A weak chin and soft hands and a lot of demands. He's got memory glands. He says his cat is trans because of all that soy. He's a soy boy and he's awful to be around. If you break down what I'm communicating in that, of course it's funny. He's a soy boy. He's so annoyed. What is a man? I talked about that with Jesse Lee Pearson. He loves talking about what makes a man. So take that and flip it on its head. The opposite of that is what a soy boy is in this archetype, right? He's a soy boy. He's so annoyed. The last thing you want in a man is high, high, need, high needs, high maintenance. Like if a, a man is like, it's only 60 degrees and it's drizzling. Ugh, why did I only wear a sweater? That's the weakest, worst depiction of a man you can imagine. Like you want a man that's like, just doesn't get annoyed by everything. So annoyed. He's a soy boy. He feels no joy. He, he's a zombie. He feels no joy. There's no ability to feel joy when you have no soul. Weak chin and soft hands, incapable of work, and a lot of demands. He's needy like a zombie. He's got mammary glands. He's now becoming a woman, literally. He says his cat is trans. That means he's a tyrant. That's a powerful line in that song. He says his cat is trans. That means he is deciding what something below him is. He's a tyrant. That cat is not trans. It's a cat. It's a great joke. I think, I can't remember who wrote it, but um, it's trans children are a lot like vegetarian cats. We all know who's making the decisions. All right, so the nothing is spreading, just like the soy. It's like, have you heard the soy has even made it to Oklahoma? It's like, Oklahoma? There's soy there? They're like, I've seen soy in Oklahoma, bro. Um, that's a very, very similar thing. It's the kneeling. It's, it's, it's the releasing of your own will, your own soul. 
Just real quick, double double checking. Ooh, we're out twenty two hundred and thirty nine people. Hell yeah! You guys are are you guys having fun? Checking in, just checking in with my peeps. The soy is coming. Yeah, winter is coming. The soy is coming. Soy and Portland is just soyland now. Fun, fun. Everybody good? Good, good, good. All right, back in business. So let's go through what happens in this. So we have Atreyu is the hero. He's Jesus Christ. Uh, he's, you know, he's he's what is good. It's actually Jesus Christ's a combination between Bastion and Atreyu. Um, but it, it's that which is good. So, and, and how, it, it's like how to get through problems. All right, so you have... Um, so he's going through this journey and he has this horse Artex. This is from memory, by the way, I might be getting some of these, these things wrong. So Artex is awesome horse. It's his horse and he's going through the, it's like the swamps of despair or something, the swamps of sadness. And this is like going through that time in your life when things are hard and we've all experienced them. Exile, you know, mockery, uh, isolation, homelessness, hunger, disease, illness, lack of love, all this stuff. Like, so we get hammered by these things. And what we learn with our text is you, when you give in to despair, you sink in this mud. Our text didn't, didn't have to die. That mud is only as deep as he sees it. And that's how you get through problems. You don't get through problems by just saying, by the soy boy, by saying he's so annoyed, he, you know, so annoyed. It's like, look at all this mud. No, you just go, we will survive. And when, when, when the horse gives up ho- hope, he, he, he sinks into sadness and Atreyu has to go on alone. Um, and then we have the trials are awesome. So the trials, the first trial, well, we'll first start with uh, the Socrates character. Where is the Socrates character? Artex, Morla. Try not to put it in here. That's no problem. Let's do it right now. We're all hanging out. I feel like I've, I've mostly been on track. Where is... All right, so this guy... This guy is the Socrates character because he, he says, know thyself. Because Atreyu has to go through two trials to get to the true oracle the true speaker of truth like to find out where he has to go and so this guy is saying he basically says what you have to go through and the first one is a trial by fire and a trial of lust and the second one is know thyself i call this guy the socrates character because he says when a man looks into the mirror this this special mirror he sees himself for what he truly is and most men run away screaming that's know thyself that if you really look at who you are you run away from it. Unless, so the only way to get through that trial is to look at who you really are and accept it. Good and bad. Because there's going to be a lot of shit in there. A lot of resentment, anger, lust, greed, resent. Like it's all there in that mirror. You never get away from it. All right. So the first trial, and I didn't look up what any of these are supposed to mean because I don't truly trust that. I think that there's so much manipulation and, and I don't know who's writing to me on the internet that I, I don't know. So this first one, this is what it always meant to me. So I think this represented lust. I think there's no question that those are clearly two giant breasts. 
that the man has to walk through. And he has to keep walking. And Eric Nimmer taught me um, about some war stuff. He's a a Marine. Comedian's opening for me on my tour. Hugepianist.com. Get tickets. Dallas, San Antonio, Houston, Austin. Don't forget about Atlanta. And, of course, you have West Palm Beach. Why don't you go ahead and grab those tickets? So, Nimmer told me you got fight. Everyone knows fight and fight or flight, right? You fight or flight. You're confronted with something. You either fight or you, or you run. And he was like, a very common one on the battlefield is a third one, and that's freeze, where people can freeze up. And so Atreyu has to walk between these two giant breasted women, and they shoot fire bolts out of their eyes. And as Atreyu's walking through, he sees these like burned up knights. You know, it's very, it's like the brave knight with the, with the armor and the armor is all that's left because the, the man is gone. Isn't that interesting? Atreyu has no plated armor. He only walks with, with truth, right? Armor will not save you. That armor, the armor of man, the, 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 the material armor does not save you. It just doesn't. Those, those lightning bolts go right through that armor. So Atreyu's walking through, like his whole thing is he, he can't be hit by it. Because there's no way to stop it. So don't look at the tits. I'm serious, by the way, about the tit thing. Don't look at the tits and don't freeze because you're scared when you see the burned up bodies. It's very Medusa-like. Don't look at the face, you know, because you freeze. So he makes it through that. And then he gets to um, he gets to the mirror. And, and the mirror was one of my favorite parts because it's very cold. That's not, I mean, with production design... That's all by choice, and that's expensive. You don't just randomly have coldness. There's a reason that that area is cold. It's, fra- it's, it's, it's freezing where he is. Because when, when you look at yourself in the cold reality, it's horrifying. You know? No makeup, no lies, no magic spells, no fancy clothes. And he gets to pass through, and he gets to go to the Oracle, and that's when he finds out uh, how to get to the wherever he has to go. I don't know. I'm kind of blanking on that part. So, and this is all being read by the boy. And there's a, there's an interesting part when, when, when Bastion says like run or something and the, and the characters hear him and he reads it in print that the characters hear him. And he's like, how did they hear me? And that is very interesting because it shows the, that, that man writes the words. Like this story is being at that point being written by Bastion. The story is about, uh, not letting go of his mother. And we'll get to that part. The, the, the memory of his mother. Being able to heal uh, uh, requires that, that he doesn't give up the name of his mother. All right, so he gets to Morla in the swamps of despair. He's like, he's 5,000 miles away. His, his, his Artex is dead. His, his horse is dead. You know, he's made it through all these trials. But still, oh, no, 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 no. He hasn't made it through the trials yet. This is before the trials. So it's just this despair. He's looking at Joe Rogan's headshot. And he's like, we don't care. Just die. And that's when the luck dragon comes. And for those of you just listening, I'm searching for pictures. Because it's really fun to look at the pictures. Uh, Artax, Morla, the luck dragon. So the luck dragon just picks him up. And it says, never give up and good luck will find you. Luck isn't really luck. Luck appears to be luck. You know, I had dinner with a, a new friend last night. It's awesome. 
you know, one of Amy's old friends, uh, her and her husband, we had dinner last night and, uh, and, and I'm like, do they know who I am? And they're cool. They're not going to be like crazy Seattle liberals. And they're like, no, he watches you and Crowder. Like they're, they're on board. I'm like, awesome. You know, there's, there's no nothing in these people. There's no soy. Uh, Oh, something just skipped a little bit. Are we still, are we still rocking? There's a skip. We good. We good. All right. So we go over there. And uh, they had this. They got a great deal on a house, and uh, like on this cool hill, and it, just this beautiful place. And, and he has a a scripture, a scripture on his wall, and an American flag on his wall. And we talked later about it, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm not a pushy guy at all. It's just like this is my home. This is what I believe in, and I won't tell you to believe in it, but just know that this is me. And if you want to be in this home, just respect that about me, and we're all good. And I love that. It's like." Here's the scripture. Here's the American flag. You be you, but just know I'm me. And this dude's like a, a longshoreman. So there's, there's some soy in the union, but they're also like men. So it's a very interesting combination. So anyway, we go out. We have a great time. And he's telling me about the story of, uh, of them getting their house. And it was because he was a good guy to someone like a decade earlier. And it didn't even go on the market. And they just really wanted to help him out because uh, he's just a good guy. Like help someone out. He's like good to somebody. And you know, him and his girlfriend, she got pregnant when they were 19. Uh, they did the right thing and uh, got married and had a wonderful kid. And I was hanging with him last night. He's awesome. Had another kid. Uh, and it, just a series of good choices leads to luck. Like he got his house like probably 150 grand under market value. And a lot of people would just go, ha, hey, that guy's just lucky. I'm unlucky. Bump, bump, bump. No, it's because when you like they're you don't always see the tragedy that hits people. You don't know what, what's ha- what these people's lives have been through. But when you see like prosperity just kind of come to some people more than other people, it's because they never give up. And by never giving up, it means don't lose hope. Don't lose good. Don't lose that. When, when you're going through that swamp of despair and your horse is gone and you see the Joe Rogan turtle, it's like, don't stop. As Winston Churchill said, when you're going through hell, keep going, Right. And when you do that, the luck dragon picks you up and takes you to the trials. And that's when he went to the trials. Because he was like, it's 5,000 miles away. It's like, I took you only 4,984. And he's like, no way. That's so cool. All right. So then, Gamorg. Gamorg is so awesome. So Gamorg is the servant of the nothing. Right. And this speech, this is the media, right? That's CNN right there. <laughs> so Gamorg, you know, Atreyu's there and he's in this, this cave and he's like, ah, Gamorg's like, ah, he's like, he's like, I was, I was tracking Atreyu through the swamps of despair. And he's like, and Atreyu's like, why are you serving the nothing? He's like, I'm a servant of the nothing. He's like, why would you serve that? He goes, because the nothing represents the emptiness in a man's heart. And he's like, because people that believe in nothing are easy to control. And people who have control have the power. I am a servant of the nothing. And Atreyu says, come for me, Gamorg. I am Atreyu. And then he kills Gamorg. Because he spoke his truth. He's confronted with a monster. And he says, I am Atreyu. I'm the person you've been hunting. Come for me. I will, I will kill you or you will kill me. But you are not going to keep helping the nothing. 
But the, how amazing is that, though? It's so clear. What is the nothing? It's nihilism. It's determinism. It's socialism. It's that nothing matters. The world's against you. Patriarchy. Uh, feminism. Everybody hates you. No way. The world sucks. Everyone's out to That's the nothing. It's ancient. This is true. This is as true as anything's true in the world. It's like, why are you serving the nothing? Because people who believe in nothing are easy to control. Because this is real. When you don't believe, when you're atheist, this is the atheist fallacy I see. And I know there's atheists out there that have their shit together and this is not a personal attack. But what I've seen in my life is when you believe in nothing, you don't believe in nothing. You believe in anything. And you see that. You see these atheist personalities. You see every week. Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll change my mind about stuff. I'll get emotional. I'll go up and down. But you don't see me just truly start believing in something new all the time. It's just not possible because I don't believe in nothing. Like you see that with these people. It's like one week it's gluten. The next week there's no gluten and there's do this, don't do that. Heat yourself, freeze yourself, jump in a lake, punch yourself, cut your dick off, vote for this, you know, believe in this. Bullshit. People who believe in nothing are easy to control because you can dangle anything in front of them because we all are empty. We all are empty. I'm lonely. I get lonely. I had a hard time with my mom about that. It's like, I don't have my brother to have fires with. I, there's a loneliness in me right now that I, 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 it drives me, you know, but, but human nature has a loneliness in it. And, uh, and it's like, and I'm a full per, like I'm a full person. I'm full of life. I have a soul. I'm, I'm, com- I'm complete by my family. I'm complete by my purpose, my art, my work, my friends, my hobbies. But everybody has a little bit of empty in them because we're fallen. You know, we're fallen. We know enough about what we are, but we're still that. It's a, it's a very intense existence that we have. And the people that believe in nothing, that are postmodernists, that are atheists, that think that the world is whatever, the world is a will to power and nothing besides, you know, that all life is an acquisition of power and, and cheap thrills, that utopia is just pleasure and a lack of suffering. That's so empty. And I know what emptiness feels like on my level. Imagine if I didn't believe in good and evil. Imagine if I didn't believe in my country, my wife, my children, God, you know, that, that doing good will be good, that I can get out of despair if I just keep hope. If I didn't have any of that, where is he? Where's Gamorg? Gamorg sounds pretty damn enticing, doesn't he? Believe in nothing. Drink the soy. Don't drink milk. You like milk, but we've told you to drink soy. It makes no sense. You'll feel gassy. Your sex drive will drop. You'll get mammary glands, potentially. It tastes horrible. It uses tons of resources and kills a lot of rabbits. But drink it because we said it's the right move. And, and you have no ability to say no. You just say, oh, so we drink soy now. It's soy turkey. It's soy chicken. It's soy steak. It's soy milk. It's soy love. It's soy country. It's soy economy. It's soy, 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 soy. Right? It's funny because it's so stupid. But it's tragic because it's so true. And so Gamorg, um, I remember seeing that as a kid. I used to have nightmares about Gamorg. And thank God I had nightmares about Gamorg. Thank God that 
that I was given heroes and villains that actually helped my life, that I stay the fuck away from Gamorg. And I keep trying to get to the princess because what, what is the princess? So this is the end of this story and then I'll read the super chats and then I'll go on my merry way. But the princess, so what does she want? So she's the princess of Fantasia and the nothing takes everything, takes it all, all of it. Because Bastion isn't ready to say what he has to say, to say the one word he can't say. You know? And, and isn't that what we all face? Isn't that the tragedy of the Gulag Archipelago? Isn't that the tragedy of life? Isn't that the tragedy of all of it? The tragedy of Jesus' crucifixion? The tragedy of all of it is the inability to say the one word that we need to say but is so painful. You know? That we all know we have to say. And it's different for everybody, but it's the same. And so he has to name her. He has to name his child princess in his heart. He has to name her his mother's name. He can't. As the rock biter is getting pulled by the nothing, as, as the little man with the racing snail is being pulled by the nothing, as Atreyu himself is taken and there's nothing left, he can barely say it because it hurts so bad because this is a kid who can't talk to his father about it. He lost his mother. I know what that feels like. We all, on some level, know, knows what that feels like. A, an emotionless father, a father's cut off, a mother who's out for a time being or permanently or whatever. Um, and so you got to grow at that moment and speak her name in your heart to keep your mother in you. Because if not, you grow wrong, you know? It's like uh, when you're growing trees and stuff. When it, when it starts growing off and you don't try to help correct it, Starts growing off. And so he screams her name. And then Fantasia's back. It's like that. The rock biter's back. The little man with the racing tail's back. Atreyu is riding Artex in an open field. Just, he's back. He's riding on the luck dragon. You know, his enemies are terrified of him. They jump in the, in the dumpster. Because he could speak the name of that which hurt him so much. But he needed, he needed to. He named the child princess in his own heart so she could still be Fantasia and allow him to dream, allow him to grow, allow him to be in control of his own life and watch Atreyu the hero stay on his horse that hasn't given up hope. I mean, fuck, right? Fuck. That's the... ...written over and over again until it isn't, until soy mean well guess what we have a mean past we have a mean now and we'll have a mean future because life is mean and tough and sad and it hurts and people ask me like how can you take the the trolls and the comments and all that stuff it's like because that's life that's just life man i've taken heat this week for that apology i took heat when i didn't apologize i did what was right because that's the only way we cannot lose is like you stick to your principles i felt the compulsion to stay tribal that even when I felt the feeling that I was wrong about something about an attack, I knew how much joy the taste of blood gave myself and a bunch of people. They're like, yeah, he made us hurt. He betrayed us. He said things that we don't like hurt him. But big bear hurt him, maul him, call him, call him bear. You don't think I want to, I, I, I enjoy being an attack dog when I feel the, that Old Testament self-righteousness, that righteousness, that righteous indignation, that, yeah, 
I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger. Those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. But you know, as soon as it's wrong in your head, if you don't stop, I'll show you what happens. The bone fields. That was a man who at some point knew the wrong answer and he couldn't stop the taste of blood. And I truly feel for the people that have written me and said, you groveled. Never should have bent the knee. Now they'll take everything from you. No. I feel for them because that means they can't, they can't see that they're not just attack dogs. You know, it's the same in, in, uh, in Tolkien. Like, you have to be able to be an attack dog or a lap dog. And you have to make that choice. Because if not, you're whatever the fuck someone tells you to be. And I won't be controlled by sponsors. I don't have sponsors. I won't be controlled by agents, managers, network executives. And I won't be controlled by you, dear listener, dear watcher, dear fan or collaborator, dear human being that has given me a wonderful existence, a great work, something I look forward to every day. I lose sleep researching this shit. That's how much I like it. But I won't be your slave. I won't be your attack dog, even when I like it. Once you know it's wrong, you're, you're that close to the bone fields. Because when you submit, it's over. And like, listen, I've, I've submitted when I shouldn't at times. You can, you can come back. It's not all or nothing. You know, you can be like, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that when I didn't believe it. I should have told her how I felt. I should have told him how I felt. I shouldn't have done that. I was a coward in that moment. As long as you know it's wrong. As long as you know to try. That's one thing that drew me to Steven Crowder is like, I have done some, some lustful things, some angry things, some crazy things in my life. I will do more of them. I've been all kinds of shit, but one thing I never wasn't, one thing I always had is I wanted to be better. And when I started seeing in people that they didn't even think that there was better, the first joke that drew Adam Sandler to me Back when I was 24, Adam Sandler, my hero, Adam Sandler, the guy that I would watch do opera man with my opera singing dad. And we could, uh, we could relate through that bit of comedy between father and son. Cause there was times when me and my dad had nothing in common. You know, he'd be singing Puccini and I'd be like, dad, stop it. I'm trying to fit in, in this, in this town. You're so embarrassing, dad. I love my dad. Big old heart. And we'd watch Adam Sandler and we would relate over that. And I was like, Adam Sandler gave me a relationship with my father. And Adam will never know because I'll never know Adam Sandler. Well, guess what? Adam Sandler and I are buds. He's put me in five fucking movies. And that's insane. That's the luck dragon. It mathematically makes sense. The covenant with God in math, there's no difference. If you operate the right way, the, the, the universe is an infinite amount of statistical probabilities. You know, when you, when you do statistics, it's how many events happen. If you roll the dice 100 times, the odds are 50-50, right? Let's say you roll a dice, there's five are the good thing and one's the bad thing. It's going to be in your favor and vice versa. If you're living a life with more sides that are good than bad, keep rolling the dice and the more you roll, the more you win. It's the opposite of a casino. The more you roll, the more you lose. It, it, it's a fact. It has to happen. The math is against you. It's the same with being a good person. You line yourself up. Luck will find you. Is it luck 
Did my childhood hero put me in movies? Vince Vaughn put me in movies? It's like, no, I was handling myself in a way that was good. Was it luck that my best friend died the same year on my birthday? No, that tragedy also happened. And these, these selfish, sadistic, empty, nothing people will look at me and say, you were just lucky. I'm unlucky. Was I lucky the same year my best friend died on my birthday snowboarding? You know, he's about to get married. Dead. Boom. No more. Same year that Adam Sandler put me in a movie. Like, what, So you're going to focus on, on the good part and not the part that didn't break me, that didn't make me run back home. That's not luck, my friend. Right? And so the joke that brought Sandler to me was I said, because uh, he, he knew the feeling. I said, uh, you know, I've had some one-night stands, but I, I, I have a weird relationship with one-night stands. I'm like, I'll wake up next to a girl, and she'll be like, what do you want to get for breakfast? I'd be like, what do you want to do for Christmas? And it was so funny because it, like, like it, it related so true to certain people where he's like, I know that feeling where it's like, you can get all this sex, but you're like, you're almost lusting tradition because that's what's empty in you, you know, that, that now Amy has given me. And once I fully accepted it and, and got over my insane abandonment issues, it's just brought me levels of happiness I didn't know existed in the world. And so that's my breakdown of the never ending story and how it relates to socialism, um, Game of Thrones. Kutnahora in the Czech Republic and comedy and forgiveness and everything else that I think uh, makes life special. So that's it. Let me read some of these super chats. Hit the like button and share it. I tried to keep this one fairly clean because uh, I think it's a good message and I don't want people to be scared to send it to their grandma. See you in Houston, Big Bear. I'll see you there, James. Alex, hey, BB, it's been a while since I've caught a live stream. Have some salmon. I would love to see if you have the piano chops to play Bemoan by Agent Fresco. Polyrhythms for days. Well, I can check that out, but I don't uh, I don't know it but offhand. I'm still working on Vivaldi right now for uh, one of the bears because I, I am also obsessed with the song, so it makes it easy, but it's pretty difficult to play. Just a guy. The zombies are 100% zombies of whom you speak, Owen. Without God, they are dead. It's a perfect one-for-one one comparison. It's so real, it's mind-blowing. And if there's a tick... A tick down in money printing, fake money printing by another magic spell. Uh, you'll see zombies and they won't be distinguishable from the walking dead. They will have lesions. They will, they will have stiff arms. They will walk stiff. They won't be able to speak. Ah, that's fucking real, dude. That happens in real life. All right, just because you were wrong once does not take away from the uncounted times you have been awesome here with the Bears. Hell yeah, dude. I don't feel bad about apologizing or being wrong at all. I don't. I think it was a learning experience for me. It's true, man. Whatever the fuck is true, you don't really feel that bad about. You know, and some some people with a bear in their name have written me like, disappointing you, bear. I swear, I don't feel shame. I feel bad for that dude. Part of me wants to like, fight back, but I know that that isn't like, um, good behavior, but I'm like, who the fuck are you, man? I'm like, who are you? Like, what is your life like when you can't say sorry? I would never be friends with a man who couldn't say sorry. Imagine being friends with a guy who couldn't say sorry. Saying sorry when you're not sorry to avoid confrontation is bad. 
Don't that's why I did that whole thing about Scott Adams when he was telling people to tweet that he, they weren't racist. I'm like, no, you don't have to say you're not racist to appease these fucks. That'll only feed into them, and they'll, they'll they want more blood. Starbucks agreeing to nonsense is making it so now the left will never get off Starbucks. Give us five million dollars, you're racist. <laughs> I personally attack someone too far, and someone's like, yeah, I made fun of your friend. I'm like, I did a video about Anthony Bourdain killing himself was cowardly. They were friends. If we don't forgive these things in each other, not even forgive, like I'm not even saying I'm looking up to the guy. I'm just saying I was wrong. If I don't check my own shit, I'm done. I'm in the army of the dead. I went too far. Things were in my mind that weren't true. And that's it. I don't give a fuck. I don't, I don't care what happens after I had to say that. I don't want anything from him. I don't want anything from any of that shit. I think some people are incapable of understanding the concept of speaking truth just for the sake of it. Some people were disappointed in me, quote unquote, because they were like, all they saw was power. All they saw was you capitulated to be back on his show. That's pathetic. That would be pathetic. I did not do that. If I go the rest of my life without ever going back to LA, I will die with a smile on my face, even if I'm in a Soviet ditch. The reason people see that as pathetic is because in their mind, they don't even understand that you can just do something for the sake of being right. And I said that to a few people and then I stopped responding. I'm like, greater men than you, buddy, have said that what I did was admirable. Like, like Crowder's father, who is a warrior legend, like went out of his way to reach out to me and be like, I, I'm very, very happy with what you did. That was the right move. This is a man of God. This is a man of war. This is a family man. This is a good man. And that meant a lot to me. You know, where I'm like, yeah. He's like, that was the right move. And then you have all these demons being like, you gave in. We could have had more blood. That's why this tribal shit is nonsense. That's why I'll never be on, on the side of like a Richard Spencer. I understand his response. I understand white nationalism. Because it's a, it's a rational response to an irrational world. When you have the left saying, Black pride, no white pride. If you're white, you're bad. If you're black, you're brave. Oh my God. Um, and then being like, no, I get to have white pride. It's like Japan gets to have an exclusively Japan country. Why can't we? It's like, we can, we don't want to. I don't want to live in Japan. All they do is giggle and whack off to cartoons because we nuke the shit out of them because they're like too busy flying planes into shit because they're fucking, they're their own type of zombie back then. It's like, well, Israel can be an ethno state. Why can't we? You, you want to be Israel? Really? You want to have seven Arab countries just staring at you being like, you guys are just lucky. Now, I want to be America. I want to be of many come one. I want our constitution. I want our commandments. I want our culture. I want our freedoms. That's what I want. And we don't get that when we engage with the enemy on their rules. I will fight. Don't get me wrong. I want, I, my, my fight. My fight that a lot of conservatives are not willing to do is to not comply, even in the face of absolute shame, ostracization, exile. Like, I won't say C-word, N-word, B-word, K-word. I will not comply one fucking inch to their nonsense. But that does not mean I will become what they are to beat them. That is how you become garbage. Stalin, Hitler, same monster. That's why we don't hear about the Eastern Front which, by the way, is the greatest podcast series you'll read by Dan Carlin in Hardcore History. 
It's called Ghost of the Osterfront. And the first question he asks, it was very inspirational to this, pot, to this episode of mine, by the way. He said, um, what is a monument? He just lets it sit. What is a monument? And then he describes the bone fields of Siberia. And he says, because we hear about Western Front. We hear about the Allies and D-Day and all that because there was a good guy and there was a bad guy. And for those of you that want to say America is not the good guy, look at Korea. We fought a Korean war. The side we were on is, is making hilarious videos and dancing. And they're five inches taller than the side against us. They're in concentration camps. There is a clear line. Between North Korea and South Korea, one side is good, one side is bad. We were the good guys. And, and, and that whole fight, we were the good guys. We took a lot of wounds, though. We got a lot of this commie deep state shit from that, all those fights. By the time we're getting to Vietnam, we're just, we have some blood on us. You know, we're becoming a bit of our enemy. But we were the good guys. And it's like, I get that we're getting flooded by people to vote in monsters, vote in the left, democratic socialism. Ha, I get it, man. White nationalism, quote unquote, is a sane reaction to an insane world. Right now, the world's so insane that I totally understand if, but you have to get how the left thinks, which I understand a lot more than a lot of people on the right, because I have been in that Hollywood world. I've, I considered myself a liberal for many years because I was in the culture, but I had never focused on policies or moral conundrums because I, I didn't have children or really any aim. But you have to understand how they win. They win when you play their game. Let's say you're LeBron James and the left, I'll use a non-political factor because he said, all right, let's say you're Michael Jordan and you're on the right and you're America, Michael Jordan, awesome at what you do. And the left is this little bitch but they're a badminton player and you don't even know the rules of badminton. As soon as the left gets you to stop dunking and start playing badminton, you now lose because you suck at badminton. Conservatives, there's a, I think there's a genetic component to, to objective reason and shit. There has to be. If you think in terms of if we take out that beam, the ceiling will fall down. You can't be a leftist. You can't play their game of nonsense. You can't invent a new word and make them full of shame and take their gold. You're going to lose. So the way you do it, just like demons, just like the mirror, just like the trials in life, is don't do what the demon says. That's how you have balls. That's why it, 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 sometimes it appears like I'm this vicious fighter, borderline on like right-wing extremist. And then in other times you look at me and you're like, oh, you're like really middle of the road conservative guy and taking the high road. It's like, at no point am I not, am I not the same thing? It's like when they say, you say N word, not nigger. I'm like nigger. A lot of conservatives won't do that. They don't want to be put in that box. They don't want to be shamed. Never, ever comply. Look at the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, Obamacare. It, every conservative that's like, just give them a little, you're, you're operating in reason. They're not operating in reason. You're not playing by the same fucking rules. And so when the white nationalist types, the Richard Spencer's types, is like, well, if you want ethno shit being shit, if, if my white kid can't get in college because he's not black enough or whatever, then we're going to do that. No, let those colleges die. Now a college degree doesn't mean shit because they changed the rules to make themselves nonsense. That's dying. We're starting something new. We're builders. We build. We're not the nothing. We're not soy. We drink milk. It's like, no, if you want to do that, 
If you want to break from our rules of our good, of our truth, go die. And it's like, yeah, but they're bringing the fight to you. No, the fuck they're not. Look outside. Where are the, where, where, where's the zombies? I have guns. You have guns. I know my neighbors. I, I chose an area where I know my neighbors. I trust my neighbors. I'm growing food. I have guns. I have water. That, that, that's all I can do. Any more is hubris. Any more you become mean Mr. Mustache. You know, the story of a great underdog, World War I vet, him and a ragtag bunch of, uh, uh, of uh, bad news bears took on the Weimar Republic and then started killing people in concentration camps. How long can you retreat? I'm not retreating one fucking inch, man. That's the irony. It's like, you have to see the difference. Like a Ben Shapiro, my criticism of him is he does retreat. He does say like, I mean, they have to be crazy. They have to be crazy to say that a black kid can't hang with a white kid. Like, they're stupid. They're not stupid, Ben. They're fucking, they're getting you to go on Bill Maher and want to go on The View, but you won't go on Alex Jones because they've set the stage for a game that you can't win. If you say N-word, C-word, B-word, F-word, Z-word, but you can still say genocide, abandonment, rape, war, pedophilia, those are monster words. Kike, all it does is mean circle, so that in Ellis Island, people didn't know it was a cross. <sighs> Stay in reality. When they say you can't say a word, say, say the word. Don't say it hatefully, because if you're not hateful, I'm not hateful. I don't hate black people. Don't just start being like, oh, I can't say nigger. Well, that guy's a nigger. Don't do that. Because then you become the animal that they need you to be so they can build an army against you, right? But just say the word in a hilarious way. That's why comedy is such a bitch. Because you make people laugh and they go, oh, I like that. Oh, that's nonsense. I see right through that magic spell. That's it. That's all it is, man. There's no, I'm not retreating one fucking inch. Apologizing to Joe Rogan was not a retreat. It was values. It was ethics. It was saying... The thing that separates us from the armies of darkness is literally being able to catch ourselves being bad, loving the taste of blood, sex and cocaine, right? Fuck Joe Rogan, piece of shit, coward, fuck you. No, dude. That's the, anger is the devil's coke, right? It wasn't because I was scared of being confrontational. I was scared of liking it. I took humiliation from a lot of people that were seeing me as this like, you know, tough guy, Because if not, I'm fucked. What the fuck am I fighting for if it isn't to be able to catch myself doing something I'm ashamed of that isn't right, that that he doesn't deserve, and not fix it? Because the ship ship will get holes. The ship will get holes. But you got to be able to fix those holes. If you fix the holes, the ship doesn't sink. If you just ignore the holes and say, I'm not going to fix the holes, because that'll be embarrassing. Because it'll prove that I, I, I let the hole happen. Now, fix the fucking hole. All right. I'm going to read the uh, I'm gonna read the super chats. Yeah, it does take a man to admit you're wrong. That's true. But don't think that false apologies are virtuous because they're not. You know, when you, when you see these people apologize for nonsense, that's not virtuous. That's them complying to a cult. I was actually wrong. Some of my points were absolutely valid. Doesn't matter. I said very mean and very personal things. Not cool. My point would have been much stronger if I had simply said, his opinion on Roseanne and George Soros is pretty fucked up, right? So, uh, 
there's no apology there. I apologize because I called the man disloyal and a coward. I didn't know backstories of certain stories and I was running with it. And if I can't do that, how can I expect you to trust me? I expect you people to trust me. When I'm wrong, I'm not lying. That's all I ask because I will be wrong again. I took off the comments of my YouTube to flood me in the emails. That's one way of me helping myself. I now have learned this lesson where now I will always call somebody if I'm about to bash them publicly. But I'll make another mistake. There'll be another hole in the ship. And I expect you people to have my back. And the only way I can ask that of you is if I'm honest. And if you know that when I say something and you go to war for me, I fucking believe it. I had a conversation once about, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Black Lives Matter. About police killings, right? This is something interesting to do to somebody. You can do it in any context. Where just, go, just say something where someone's like, the police are killing unarmed black people. This is an epidemic. This is a problem. Just say something like this. Go. Do you think more black people die from lightning strikes or uh, cops? Especially if there's a group of people, because the eyes on the person will reveal everything. Because that, I guarantee you, nine times out of ten, they'll be like, "That isn't the issue." One die, and just go. By the way, I don't know the answer. I just want to know if you even believe the nonsense you're saying. Like, if you say that. If I really was a black activist for Black Lives Matter and I thought the cops, by the way, it is lightning. Lightning kills more black people than unarmed black people than cops. Last year it was 16. I think lightning was like 20. But if I really believed that shit and I was like, the cops are murdering black people in the streets and someone said, lightning may strike. Do you think it's lightning or cops? I would be like, cops, they're murdering these people. And then you find out it's lightning and you're like, Oh, how can I be that mad if it's literally lightning is worse? Like we should talk about getting metal out of their hats. It really is lightning, by the way. But like, I want to know when I'm talking to somebody, do you even believe it? That's all that matters to me. That's one thing that, that made me re- be cool with Rogan's views on Malanu. I like Malanu. Rogan doesn't like Malanu. I know he believes himself. That's valid, dude. That's your opinion, bro. Like that's all good to me. What I don't like is slander. I don't like people who say shit they know isn't true. I don't like people who say, um, you know, Owen's a white power guy and they know I'm not. They know I'm, th- that's just a blatant lie. But like when you hear someone then be like, oh, dude, I, w- I did research. about." I'm like, oh, well, you believe it. So now I can respect you. All good. I don't believe it. You believe it. But at least you're not fucking lying to me because then you have no value in the world. If so, like, I believe Anthony Bourdain is a fucking coward for killing himself. Joe Rogan loves the dude. Fine. I bet if he, I bet he knows I'm serious and I know he's serious. All good. That's how we don't commit genocide. It's a microcosm of a macro. I'm not going to keep talking about that though. Cause I know it gets annoying, but, um, it's like, if I believe you believe it, like I know authentic atheists. And I'm totally cool with it. They totally believe there's absolutely no God. They're trying very hard to be good people. All good. The people that really bother me are the ones that like want there to be no God, you know, either because they're angry about it or they want to be God. Those people are fucked up. So when they say there is no God, everything's determined. I'm like, oh, buddy, I know why you believe this. You want to believe it. And I don't even know if you believe it. All right, let me read these super chats and I got to go. I don't want to do over two hours. Just be, uh, listen, I might not get to all the super chats, by the way. So I apologize in advance. 
Because when I go over two hours, it cuts off the beginning. And when a lot of people watch it, they have no context. And it usually starts in a weird place. But uh, huge pianist.com for my specials and for tickets to my um, tour. Get tickets now. And uh, so if anybody comments on how fast I am now speaking, it's because I want to get to as much as I can. And I have a finite amount of time. Just because you were wrong. All right. If determinism is true and an atom for an atom copy was made of you, wouldn't that clone basically be inside you? They have to be in the same dimensions of time and space. This wouldn't happen through an application leading to F free will. That's real intense, but I like where your head's at. I can't really fathom it right now. Ezekiel 2517, bruh. Big Bear, sorry Rogan vid, bit up, uh, ri, uh, vid, big ups for that. Oh, and big ups for all the good shit I've gotten from that. I know I addressed some negativity, but 99% of the bears were like, that's why we're bears. Um, so thank you. From the bottom of my heart, everybody that was like, thank you for apologizing. Appreciate you apologizing. Truly. Because I saw some vicious people jumping into a, a hate squad as if they were like, oh, Big Bear's weak. Hit him, hit him, hit him. They fucked up because that wasn't an act of weakness on me. And now I just know they're cowards. Where I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I wasn't taking a knee out of fear. You just have no concept of truth. So now I know you're a fucking monster. And when someone's on the ground, you jump in to kick. I don't kick when someone's on the ground. I kick when they're standing up. All right. It's hard to swallow your pride. Also, I sent the lyrics to the parody I said I'd write. We'll have MP3 soon. Thank you, Ethan. Was a witch for 15 years. Now saved in Jesus. Words believed, spoken, do cast spells. Bible is powerful because so many speak and believe God's power on earth personified by believers. Awesome. Love it. I'm 16. I've been watching for a long time. There are a lot of good kids out there. Can I be verified as pan fried bear? Also, can you play let freedom ring? Uh, I can't. Yeah. Welcome pan fried bear. And absolutely. There's tons of good kids out there. I try to say that as much as I can. And um, uh, I, I can't play let freedom ring right now. Look into Aleister Crowley. He wrote about ritual magic, including pedophilia and bestiality. Very influential to occult culture and modern art. Crowley, quote unquote, do what thou wilt or do what you want. It's crazy. That's, that's the worst spell in the world is, is do as you please. Do as you please. That, that's Satan. Satan isn't a, 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 doesn't appear as a monster. It appears as a, a door opener. Doors that you don't deserve opened. You didn't earn, you didn't earn it. Do as you please? No. Do as you should, or else you lose your ability to do shit. And that's fucking true, dude. I've seen it. Some Marxist in Toronto invited me to a pub night on Friday. I wonder who's paying. Ha! That's hilarious. And just bail on him and say it's not your fault you have no free will. All right. Matthew, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. And these defile them. Whoa. Dude, Matthew is, is great. That whole section is, is real strong. And I've also been real into uh, Psalms lately. I'm trying to over, overcome my uh, Catholic upbringing and actually read the source material. <laughs> Here's Toward Your Dirt. Thank you, William. Hey, brother. Love you, man. Do you know anything about the earth moving to 5D? You know anything about the earth moving to 5D? David Wilcox stuff. Supposedly this will purge all evil from the planet. That just blew my mind, and I know nothing about it, but that sounds really intense. That's, uh, Jennifer, that is why God created gingers with no souls. He needed a group who could afford to gain the whole world and not lose their souls. You're welcome. That's true, and you are a ginger, and if you rearrange those letters, it does spell nigger. Ginger has the same letters as nigger, and that is not by accident. 
We all know that's not by accident. You guys are the hair color. You, you get it. You know what you are. Truth is as alive as his name is Jesus, even when all its forms is alive and his name is Satan. Every man and woman will choose a side. Truth will win. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. That's why, that's why speaking, speaking words that are true is so important. It's, it's so easy to fight it, but so hard for people. Just say what is true. That's it. Peace, love, salmon for bee bear. Thank you, Idaho bear. Love your stuff. Thank you, James. Check email. Freedom Tudes wants to be on soon. I, I'm, ha- I'm definitely having Seamus on and Sticks and the CEO of Minds.com and a bunch of other people. I'm excited that, it, that Skype works now. Hit the like button. Come on. Have some free will. I don't need to hit the bu- like button. No, overpower that instinct and just hit it and then hit share and then hit subscribe. I'm not asking money from you. All I ask is you hit one fucking button to beat these stupid algorithms. Dripping in soy. Bear hugs for you today, Owen. I think this is one of your best rants yet. Keep articulating the truth, brother. Yeah, I, 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 I have a good time and I think they're good when I just take time to set up a strategy and not just ramble. I love your sermons. That's not an insult. I wish I could find a church where the pastor expounds the way you do. Well, that's one thing that's kept me out of churches, I think, is because a lot of times they don't, I don't believe that they believe it. Yeah, I mean, that's why I love hardcore history. I can, I can, I can feel how much he loves history. What is a monument? <sighs> Owen, they could delete you from every social media platform, but they'll never delete the impact you've had on my life. Thanks, dude. Buddy. That means the world to me. And that's so true. And you see that, like when you've been through some trials by fire, which I sure as shit have, you see that clear as day. You know, when, it, when they just, they, they, can, they just took my Twitter again and I literally started laughing. I'm like, ah, weakness. When you cut out a man's, man's tongue, that just means you can't battle his words. That's a, that's a sign of a victory for me. And you don't need these masses of people. If Amy Schumer... And Trevor Noah and all those guys put together all their armies and I put together my bear army. They'd have a ton of people and we'd win in like five minutes in any form of battling. Um, If you want some really good children's stories for Walter and Charlie, look up N.D. Wilson on Amazon. How do I send you a parody I wrote? Uh, Unbearable comedy at Gmail and why don't they laugh at Gmail? Just CC both of them. One of us will get it. Callie, the first live stream I listened to was the one when you talked about God... God's asking Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. I've been a Christian my whole life and never heard it explained like that. Oh, cool. Well, I had to come to terms with that one because that one was borderline, couldn't be Christian. It was so brutal until I understood it. Any God that asks for the sacrifice of a child is not a good God. And like that story literally made me be like, Christianity is not good. Why would God want to kill a child? And then I learned what it meant. It's you have to be willing to lose everything, and that's how you keep your child. If you, 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 you have to stay with the word of truth, and you have to be willing to lose everything. Look at what people can't give up. They can't defend children because they want Facebook likes and approval. Right? We stay on that path. It's going to be your kids. Though We live in a world... You forget Sermon on the Mount, you get Leviticus. Leviticus is still real. Dude, the Old Testament parts used to make me almost unable to be Christian. Because I'd be like, this is a a sick and evil world that they're portraying. This is a sick God. This is a a vengeful God. This is a mean God. Yeah, that's how God gets when you forget forget about 
love thy brother, love, love thy neighbor. You know, that's, that God is still there and that's in the wilderness. That's in, that's in the desert. That's in tribalism. We forget what freed us. And now you have to go back to the, like the early part where it's how to survive as a slave in a desert. And don't think that your neck can't have a fucking shackle around it tomorrow. This is all gravy that, that we didn't earn at this point. And mo- most of the world is, is drenched in horror. Go to Sierra Leone on your next vacation. Forget about, uh, forget about France. Don't go to a nice beach. Go to Central Africa. Look around and go, oh, the Old Testament totally makes sense now. If you don't fucking throw some stones... Like, you didn't survive that. If you didn't say, like, you put your dick in a dude's ass, you're out. You're out. We got to have monogamy. Man, woman. If one man has 40 women, it it sets up a bunch of dudes to be fucking real crazy suicide bomber Islam types. And if women are for babies and men are for fucking and boys are for fucking, our society will absolutely collapse. So as soon as you put a, a dick in a dude's ass, you're out. Right? Now we can be, like, so brave. So brave to put a dick in an ass because we're so prosperous because we followed the rules for so fucking long. We're like a fly- we're falling out of the sky and we think we're flying. Now, I am obviously not advocating the murder of gays. You're insane if you think that. But it's the virtue of it is false. And as soon as we start saying that you're better if you're gay than if you're straight because of some false oppression that we're pushing because... One dude got dragged behind a car in fucking Texas. Ooh. It's like there hasn't been a hate crime in like 35 fucking years. Want to compare it to lightning again? Or do I have to not be that condescending? But just know if we start making marriage not the virtuous move, gays will be thrown off roofs. That's what they're doing in Saudi Arabia because one guy can have 40 women. That makes for an imbalance. That's why I'm, I'm, I advocate monogamy. I was wrong about having sex with a lot of people. That isn't the move. And I didn't know that because I didn't know that. It's like watching every movie for the first 10 minutes. That's what sex with new people is like. It's very thrilling in the beginning. No way. Look at that. That's a cool, that's a cool world. All right. Now it's over. You would think that The Shining is about a dude in a, who just went, went and wrote a book or The Notebook is about a, an ornery circus performer. You know what I'm saying? It's like you don't get to know anything. You have, to stick, you have to stick with it to get any sense of knowledge in this world. And that thrill of the new sex partner is just watching, the, it's watching a preview to a movie. You don't know shit. And then read the book. Fuck the movie. If you're more effective at monetizing the tree, then you can afford to pay more for the marginal tree. You are now more likely to accumulate more. Exactly. It's the trading tree, not the giving tree. The giving tree should be called the taking tree. I don't understand why people value immediate feelings over long-term feelings and health. And the body positivity movement, they actually tell obese people, is not unhealthy to be obese. Why? The nothing. Because people with nothing are easy to control. And those with the control have the power. If you believe there's no way out of your obesity and that feeling good is the, is the goal, you will never have health. You will never feel attractive. You will never, you always feel needy. Want to know who likes needy people? 
people who like power over people. Shout like cops TV. Soya is a straight drug guy convulsing ODs in front of TV with Trump on it. Soy junkies talk about their lives of addiction ends in redemption with soy rehab. That's hilarious. If you're more effective. Oh, I read that one. Hey, Owen, would you be interested in some hand bear steins? My dad is a professional potter and I can put custom graphics on them also. Yes. Hebrew aromatic. It will be created in my words. Whoa. Dark arts. Love everything you stand for, Owen. You're a great dude. Got to run. I'll catch the rest. Thank you. You're committing the unforgivable sin in our new world. You're supporting capitalism. Haven't you heard communism has been tried yet? It hasn't been tried yet and will usher in a new utopia. Right? Communism is rape. They tell you what you can do and how much it costs. Capitalism is consent. You choose what you do. You choose if you live or die. These verbal paradoxes in socialism have been pointed out by an Italian who must not be named. He called it the mask behind which there is no face. The scaffolding behind which there is no building. I want to know who the Italian is, damn it. All right, I'm going to read. I only have three more minutes. So like a good capitalist, I'm going to read the highest super chats. That's it. I got to just go merit. I'm not a commie. But I, everybody super chatted me. Love it. Thank you. I try my best to read all of them. Want to reverify as barely regal. Double meaning since I work for a Japanese automaker. Cancer is the real C word. A two and a half year battle. And now C word free for four years. Worse than any word I know. If you need help with audio podcasting editing, I may be able to help out. Thank you. Yeah, the C word is a real cunt. <laughs> but congratulations. All right. Um, if you ever get on Rogan again, tell him that Malinu is good. Well, I told him on the phone. That's fine. You can have different opinions on people. We're not the left. We can see people differently. We have different experiences. That, that's the only way out of this fucking shit. But yes, of course. But my, what I say doesn't really matter. All right. I think, all right. I think I've gotten it. I mean, if you want to be my Patreon, patreon.com slash WDTL. Every bit helps rock and roll. If you want to come to my show, my tour, hugepianist.com, we will be emailing you the venues the week of the show. Texas, Atlanta, Florida. Going to be a blast. We're going to shoot it. Going to film the documentary. A lot of bears with beers. Real good time. I promise you, you will have a blast. It's always a blast. Uh, My last three specials are also for sale there. Uh, Unbearablestore.com. We got some t-shirts and stuff. Me and Brandon are coming up with some new stuff to sell. Uh, Bear Steins are in the mail that you bought through my site. And hit the like button, share. Speak the truth. Stay hydrated. Uh, Hit the alert button because I never know when I'm going to go live. And I appreciate all you guys watching. Uh, this camera. All right. What do you guys got? Rogan can kick hard. Thank you, Owen and the bears. Not with the soy. Yeah. Don't eat soy. Don't eat soy. Don't do not put that in your body. So I will make your dick fall off and you will no longer be able to speak um, the truth. <laughs> all right. That was a weird ending, but it's going to be the ending. I'll, I'll end like this with some music. way with the soy today means you lose your fucking cock all right i'm officially retarded i don't say the r word i say retarded because i'm not a jew